I have no idea how I am ever going to learn what a healthy relationship is in a romantic sense when I've never really had a super healthy dynamic. The bare minimum has really gone through the fucking floor. <laughs> And people are a lot more willing to accept behavior and love that isn't good for them or isn't what they deserve. Welcome back to BTW by Emily. I am your host, Emily, the founder of Health and Body, a science-backed lifestyle and wellness brand focused on helping you sharpen your life toolbox. And today in the clips, you heard me speaking to one of my best friends, Hillary. We have been friends for almost 10 years now, but our friendship has definitely not come without its ups and downs. And we talk about how we have navigated those ups and downs, how our relationship has changed over time, the health benefits of friendship and the importance of connection, and most importantly, how to navigate learning which relationships are meant for you to keep moving into your adult life and which relationships are meant for you to let go of. Because by the way, Everybody needs a Hillary in their life. Health benefits of friendship. Humans are often hardwired to need to connect and to have these social connections. It's an essential part of good health and well-being. We need them to survive. We need them to thrive just as much as we need food, water, and oxygen. And as children, most of us find it easy to make friends. It can also be difficult for some people, but the older we get, the harder and more challenging it becomes. There's many benefits of childhood friendships that will stay with us well into adult life, even if you haven't carried those relationships on. So in one study, boys were followed up at the age of 32, and those that reported having a lot of friends in childhood had lower blood pressure and were more likely to be a healthy weight than those that were less sociable. Another study focused on super agers, which is people in their 80s who have memory skills of those several decades younger, and they found that this is because they had far greater levels of positive social interaction than those that had cognitive abilities that were expected at their age. So all of this benefit suggests that socialization both benefits our mental and physical health, but why? Why does this happen? Why is it good that we make these social connections? And why is it important that we have these social connections? It's because of oxytocin. So oxytocin is a hormone and a neurotransmitter that's produced in the hypothalamus, and that is in your brain. And it is involved in childbirth, lactation. It's also associated with empathy and trust and generosity, which are mainly the foundations of friendships. Oxytocin has these physical benefits because it decreases cortisol and decreases the stress hormone. One study that follows this up, participants received oxytocin intranasally and had lower levels of cortisol than those who received a placebo when subjected to the stress of public speaking. So oxytocin is made when you carry on these social connections that bring you joy, bring you empathy, bring you trust. All of these feelings are associated with releasing oxytocin in the brain and that is what comes about in healthy friendships and relationships so let's get into it 
so our friendship story hillary and i have had our ups and downs i wish i could say our friendship is as perfect as it is now not to say that it's perfect now but i would say in high school our friendship i was emily's high school bully but not in a cruel way i just used to always tell her she smelled like eggplants but in my you told defense, me i was an eggplant which honestly in all fairness about 75 percent of her diet was eggplants yeah it still is to this day honestly i just rediscovered my love for eggplant so oh hillary sorry about that but now I would say our, our relationship is that we are soulmates. We are soulmates. Soulmates don't have to be romantic. No, they really don't. Hillary has shown me that. But it does not to say that it always was this way because... We both had to grow. We both were so immature when we first met. We were children. Literally children. And we definitely had a point our senior year where we like weren't friends at all and got into a huge fight and beefed had our ups and downs we had every single class together though like i know she says like no like every class together sat next to each other in every class did every school project together for two years we became school friends basically yeah we lost like our outside school portion and it was over a different friend it was just over simple loyalty, friend taking another friend's side. Yeah, it didn't have to directly do with me and Emily. It had to do with a friend within our friend group and how things shook out. And friend groups dynamics are always tricky. a little difficult and tricky, especially in high school, because there's a lot of different dynamics that go into a friend group when you're in the high school setting, I feel like. 100%. And it was never like any bad blood between us because I did understand why you did what you did and why you chose what you chose. But it does make you realize how in high school you very much side with people or you choose to kind of, I would think, remain friends with people just out of the time and length of time that you've been friends versus when you're older, I feel like it's connection and how they treat you it's about the and friendship itself not just the history exactly when you're that young it's really hard to look at your friendships and be like oh this isn't a good friendship like, i remember my mom always having to tell me be like i don't know if this friend is like a good friend for you yeah i mean i feel like it's always hard too because you never want to pay attention to what your mom is saying to you in high school but no I especially when your moments. parents tell you no you're like oh they're just being <laughs> yeah they're just being assholes like no they're probably telling you that for a reason i definitely think our dynamic was very much you were the more dominant, but I let that happen. And then I just kind of rode the wave in the back seat. But we did definitely go through a lot of shit that like connected us in high school. We were always like there for each other. And that was something that I think I valued in choosing to get over like our little tiff and our little beef was because I knew you were there for me in those moments that you needed to be there. And you always were. When we got to college, that was, I think, the reason we ended up staying in touch over any of, like, people I was friends with in high school. I don't really think I stayed in touch with anyone aside from you and, like, one other person. You're honestly, like, the only girl I think I even really talked to. And we didn't even get that close through our first two years of college, I don't think. I think our relationship got much closer when, during COVID when we were back home and basically seeing each other all the time again. Emily either would like briefly be up in our hometown or I did a lot of driving down to Miami and staying at Emily's either house or when she moved into her apartment. And that was always so much fun. Honestly, Emily I wouldn't even like go out and do things. We would just sit together and order food and just like... Shoot the shit. Yeah, and catch up because we both weren't big texters then either, I feel like. No, we would call if yeah. anything. 
But I think that at the end of the day, what it came down to was in those moments, whenever you would come visit me or we would get back together, it would always be like that old school comfort of the shit we would do in high school. And it would always just like take me back. I mean, still to this day, it takes me back. Like we are still the same at our cores. At this point in time, like you still bring out the fun kid in me that I would say kind of like gets lost as you get older and just as you're dealing with more real life shit. I think it's really important to surround yourself with people that can still like make you have fun and like be playful and bring out the kid in you because that's at the end of the day like what your friendship should be is someone that makes your life lighter and happier. Well, and I feel like the reason our friendship has always been able to be like that is there was always a certain level of comfort between us, which I know, at least in my experience, has always been kind of hard in friendships is just feeling comfortable enough to just be yourself and be including the whole part of yourself, you know? And I feel like with us, even in high school, we never felt a need to hold back. It, I always felt comfortable around you, but then it obviously grew more and more as we became older and like hung out in our own settings. I completely agree and I also think it's the level of non-judgment that either of us felt through our entire relationship like in high school even when Hillary would like quote unquote bully me (laughs) she would never judge me like she would make fun of me but in a playful way. And it would never be I a never judgment did anything thing. maliciously. I wasn't no. out to get Emily. It was just kind of no, how I was No, but it was, was never a judgment. Like, I never had any... Like, you were the person I opened up to about literally anything ever about my life. And you never judged me. And that's also something I really value because a lot of friends can still judge you even if they are your closest friends. Which I think that that is the basis of what has made our friendship now so much stronger is because there's those great quality traits that as we've grown older have just been what leads our dynamic. No, I mean, I would say the same. Like, Emily's literally heard me tell people before, like, the one thing about our friendship is, like, I've never felt judgment from the other side. Emily knows every nitty-gritty detail about my day, about my life, about... (laughs) Emily knows all. (laughs) But that's how true, unconditional, loving friendship, I think, should be. And that is something that I, now, I feel like would relate our dynamic to basically any dynamic that I have to show me what a healthy relationship is. I remember vividly when I broke up with my ex, I was talking to my therapist and I was like, I have no idea how I am ever going to learn what a healthy relationship is in a romantic sense when I've never really had a super healthy dynamic. It terrified me. I was like, how am I going to stop myself from getting into another relationship that could end up being toxic? Where am I going to learn this if I've never been in anything that was super healthy? And she was like, well, you just have to trust that you'll get into the right relationship again. And I was like, okay, that doesn't really help me. But Just trust the process. Yeah, trust the process. (laughs) I was like, what? But I now, almost a year later, have spoken to my therapist multiple times about how friendship can show you what a healthy relationship is and how even friendships can kind of fulfill some of those roles and show you what a healthy romantic relationship should be. And I think that you showed me a lot of things in a platonic sense even, but that are love and what should be the basis of any relationship. I was just going to add to that about when that started, when you said when you broke up with your ex, that was also, I feel like, a really big point in our relationship recently because this happened about two months before I moved to New York. 
we had just been hanging around each other a lot more and it was like we were just getting so much closer and I was actually home when it happened so like that weekend I think really showed me where our friendship and relationship was because I will never ever ever forget how you were there for me wow I'm getting about to say the same oh my god Hillary well like truly oh my fuck (laughs) like I will never forget how you were there for me like you actually made me a human being that weekend and like this girl picked me up from when I got home like made sure I was everywhere I needed to be that weekend drove me to Miami before I had my flight that weekend just because she didn't want me to be alone and want my parents to have to take me this girl did everything for me that weekend like I will never ever forget that because that truly showed me I never felt like such unconditional love you were my mom you were my best friend you were my sister you were everything all in one that weekend I would do it all again I mean to this day now we live a block from each other in New York literally around the corner actually directly a block from me Day in and day out, I think even now you kind of show me every single day examples of that. I actually keep a list in my journal. Things Hillary does for me as my best friend that shows me love that I want in a boyfriend. Your boyfriend should be your best friend. And if they're not fulfilling everything this girl does for me and more, oh, it's the first one. Locks my door for me because she knows I won't. Always orders extra Diet Coke because she knows I want one. Always sends me PCOS tips, videos, gut health videos, and hip opening stretches because she knows mine are tight and I need to hear them. Supports my business always and wholeheartedly. She invites me to every single family occasion that she has. (laughs) Emily is my plus one to my brother's wedding. (laughs) I'm just your plus one to life for any Malone family event and I have never felt so at home with a family. She never complains about videos or shooting videos for me, and she actually shoots content for me on her own now will send it to me because she knows I like it. She takes Otis out for walks, aka my dog, without me needing to ask. She always texts me when she gets home or makes sure I get home safe, and she FaceTimes me whenever I walk Otis alone at night. She cooks me snack and dinner if we're hanging out. I put this twice because this really does mean a lot to me, always including me in family occasions. Another thing Hillary does for me that I forgot to put on the list, but I just thought of, is Hillary has single-handedly shown me and nurtured me and cared for me and had every single conversation with me that I needed to around sex. If you don't have a friend that will call you and give you a pep talk before you have a boy coming over, that's not your home girl. Like, Hillary has taken the time to explain to me things that I feel like we probably should have learned in sex ed, but never did. That is where I wanted to introduce you to Hillary, because we are starting a segment on this show called Sex with Hillary. So if you have questions about sex, anything you want answered, anything you want us to talk about... I'll be your Hillary for a moment. We'll let you share (laughs) Hillary. I will share my Hillary with you. That's just some things on the list, but... That just goes to show that your friends and especially your best friends are able to show you what a healthy love dynamic is without being in a relationship. And I think that that kind of love just serves and is for a lifetime, for lack of better words. I caught her off guard. Okay? No, she's not used to I, love. I knew the list was going to be read, but I hadn't heard the rest of it in a while. I think it's really important to talk about this kind of love, though, because... Well, yeah, there's friendship love, there's romantic love. At the end of the day, it's all love. And 
you need to have people around you that show you that because as we talked about like it is such a fundamental part of even just like your physical and mental well-being and i think that the bare minimum has really gone through the fucking floor (laughs) and people are a lot more willing to accept behavior and love that isn't good for them or isn't what they deserve i think being able to have even just friendships that show you what you do deserve is so important because i know you just read a list about me i don't have a list um i'm not i'm not a journal person but i think that exactly what you said is right like you the bare minimum has gone to the floor and without having either a healthy family dynamic to show it to you your friends are what you have if you don't have it at home with your family or even if you do have it at home with your family romantic relationships especially are very different and a very different dynamic that now in being able to be self-aware enough to recognize how close we are and all the things that you do for me out of love I would never accept that from a romantic partner at this point in time because I've gotten to have the experience with you over the last year of you showing me what true unconditional love is and that's what your friends should be showing you if there's any inkling of anything else in your friendship and you're not able to voice that to the other person to work through it or talk about your feelings straight up with the other person then that's something to consider i think It's important to recognize that in love languages, it's not just love languages for your romantic partner, but that also exists in friendships. You have to take into account how each other gives and receives love. Which, when you were reading the list is something I have realized, it's not about changing how you give your love or about changing the love itself. It's about realizing like the person in your life, whether it's a friend, a partner, family member, this or that, that you can't just always give love the way you want to sometimes you need to also take into account what the other person likes so I know with Emily I had a hard time with it in high school but Emily's a very like physical touch huggy cuddly person and I am very not and that was definitely something with our friendship that grew was in the level of comfort and just me growing as a person realizing like okay this is how like my best friend really likes to show her love and like I know how much it means to her and so just becoming better with like hugs and like cuddling or just like sleeping in the same bed together I also have learned just like different ways of either telling you things or just talking to you. I like know there's certain things that sometimes you need to hear and like I try to make sure those are the things I like highlight and I think that's something people should do in every relationship. It's not just a passive thing like you actively have to work at friendships to make them better and to make them the best they can be in, in any relationship too. Yeah and you have to actively work to strengthen your relationship and for me I think to you what i give is quality time and then also just words of affirmation because i know that's like what you need to hear yeah and me always telling you how much i love you and stuff like that i feel like a big thing that i do is actively on a consistent basis tell you how much you mean to me that's i think something that helps to strengthen our relationship and adds to it is because you know how valued and like appreciated you are in my life and the other way around i think you do the same of giving me some of those words but also showing through acts of service for the most part that's a big thing that you have to do in friendships is you have to actively work to strengthen your relationships and put in the time and the effort whether that be making phone calls checking in with each other texting the person being like hey i love you i miss you like i just want you to know how much you mean to me like that shouldn't just be reserved for romantic love or family like your friends need that and just be able to talk through harder things call each other out on the bullshit but in a way that's productive and not just from a point of like ridicule or criticism or anything of that sort 
I mean, I think it's really hard to get to a place in a relationship or a friendship where you can call someone out on their bullshit like that. I know, like, that's something I struggle with in relationships is, like, calling people out. But I definitely feel like between the two of us, I have no fear of saying whatever I want to Emily because I know it's not going to break us and just anything we talk about it and makes us stronger. Exactly. And I really do take into account and obviously like value your opinion. So I know when you are bringing stuff up to me, it's never out of a place of like vindictiveness yeah, or malicious intent. It's because you're just trying to either strengthen me or strengthen like us. And I think that it's really hard because and I'm very blessed that uh, we have had a relationship for a very long time at this point. But in post-grad life, it's just really hard to be making friends and to be making these lasting connections because it's not like you're in college you're not in an environment where you're around people your own age 24 7 or where you can like walk to each other's dorm or like you're not within walking distance of each other or like in the same building as everyone or exactly and everyone has their adult schedules now and work and I think it's hard because the name of the game with friendships in post-grad or after college is effort because it's not easy. Everyone has their own schedule, especially here in New York. Everyone's always busy. There's always something that someone could be doing. So to get a hold of someone and track someone down and like make the effort to see someone, it's a commitment that you have to actively be choosing and actively making the effort for. Some tips that I think over the past year and a half we've learned is just really trying to make the effort, whether it is checking in with the person. It doesn't have to be all the time, but making the effort on a continual basis, whether that be once a month or every couple months or every couple weeks, where you're actively checking in and making sure that the other person still knows you're there for them. And that being an active participant in relationships, you can't just be so passive and just be like, oh, it's fine. Or like, oh, I'll text them whenever. Like, I'll see them. And never holding it against them, too, if they can't just like respond right away or anything like that. Because I feel like you have to learn to accept how people communicate and how people communicate differently, especially when real life hits and you're just on very different timelines and very different schedules and you have to respect each other's time. Exactly. You know, everyone has their own shit going on. Everyone has their life. If someone cares about you, they will get back to you within a reasonable amount of time. And I think that it's just really about making each other feel heard and making each other feel seen and listened to. And at the end of the day, spending that quality time when you are together. Because it's just rare, I think, in a lot of post-grad situations. You have to just make the time and effort to either fly into each other, go across the country, go wherever it is, or set up those FaceTime dates, even if you're on time change. I think that's something I actively do with a lot of my friends is just like working sessions. We'll, especially my friends that work from home, will get on FaceTime. And even if we're not speaking for however many hours and we're just doing work, we're still getting that quality time of what feels like hanging out. And that's something that I think has really strengthened some of my relationship. FaceTime has become such a good tool to keep up with friends. I've just realized it even over COVID when you get all of a sudden thrown into this loop and you're away from all your college friends and you're doing school from home, you know, you connect connect with people. But then here we are post-grad. We've all chosen to move away from each other and be either like across the country or just in completely different areas. I know that's like one of my biggest ways I've kept up with college friends is just FaceTime and chat because I don't know, texting is like, it can be so what too. And I think it's also actively about putting yourself out there. 
I think like even what, whether it's within a job or within if you're going to grad school or with anything like that, you actively have to put yourself out there to make the effort with n- especially new friends. You have to be putting in the active effort to get to know that person and to go to dinner with that person or to actively see them, whether it's outside of work or school or anything like that. And I think with work and school too, the best way to make friends is just inviting a couple people out after class or after work. And then if you like them, whatever, stay. If you don't like them, then that's that. You you don't continue making that effort, but you're never gonna know or learn unless you're putting yourself in that position, whether it's uncomfortable or not. I just want to add, I have never met a human being that is better at like keeping up with and staying in touch with. Emily will have met someone once or like even just have like met them through Instagram or something. And she can make friendships out of literally the smallest connections. And your ability to keep up with people is something I've really admired as a friend because that's something I'm not as good at. But I've tried to become better about seeing you do it. And there's a fine line with it because I think for me, yes, I'm very good about it, but it's almost to a fault sometimes where it used to give me a lot of anxiety and a lot of feelings if I was not doing that. As I've gotten older, I've gotten better about like taking time for myself and not feeling bad about it. But there's a very delicate balance of like always being there for other people and then being there for yourself too. So it's just about really finding the balance for yourself and learning what relationships are worth putting the time into because sometimes you're stuck to people whether it be through history history trauma friend group connection Mm -hmm. yeah friend group or anything like that and you kind of don't want to give them up but especially when it's an active participation on both parts if that person's still keeping up with you then it's kind of like how does this fizzle out like how do i end the relationship if it's not as great of a dynamic but just to close i want to talk about what are some of your non-negotiables in a friendship hillary some of my non-negotiables dumb petty drama just like petty little minuscule shit if that causes problems in your friendship something's wrong um so usually when i see those flags i know to take a step back and i'd also say I don't necessarily realize them right away, but it's what I'm made to feel a certain way in a friendship. Like if I feel like I have to walk on eggshells around you or I feel like I can't openly talk to you or I couldn't tell you some like weird detail about my life, that's usually what those non-negotiables are for me is I need to be on guard or I need to watch what I say. Like that's when I pull back. And then also understanding is one of my big non-negotiables that the other person has to be understanding of you and your time and just considerate of what you have going on in your life. Just basic respect. Regardless of what's going on in In theirs. Because I think sometimes it's easy to get caught up in like everything that's going on in your life that you couldn't even fathom, like that your friend could be going through a lot too. And I think there's a very fine line. There's a lot of feelings that you have to navigate in being older and just dealing with real life things. And another non-negotiable for me is there cannot be an inkling of jealousy. Like I think that your friends have to celebrate you as much as you celebrate them. 
they should be wanting every single one of your wins to be their wins and if they don't show you that when you're having a win just like as much as you're showing them that when they have a win that's a big red flag to me and kind of like taking a step back because you only want people around you that fuel and want your success not that are kind of secretly behind your back wanting you to fail or not be as successful i think going hand in hand with that as we talk about it i think of more things but another thing that becomes a non-negotiable is just when there's a lot of selfishness which i think kind of plays into what you just said i don't think of myself as a very selfish person i feel a little more selfless than selfish and so for me when it comes into relationship and friendships i have a really hard time when the other person is either like world revolves around them or just like not to minimize someone's problems but just like every little thing is like them 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 or like every little thing is the end of the world like that's also something I have a really hard time with because I know myself as a fixer I would either just try to solve whatever little issue it is every single time or I would try to I guess in my own way like fix them that in trying to fix all those little things that's like not healthy for me when I find that in a friendship it's hard and becomes a non-negotiable because of I guess experiences I've had yeah and at the end of the day no judgment just pure love man that's what what it it comes down to because by the way everyone needs a hillary as always thank you guys for listening and if you want to explore any other science back topics on the podcast we are on spotify podcasts and apple podcasts if you want to read anything else about this topic specifically you can go to our blog at www.healthandbody.com and for our socials on instagram you can find us at btw by emily and at health and body and on tiktok and pinterest you can find us at, at health and body As always, we hope you learned something new and got to sharpen your life toolbox.